0: Welcome to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into adulthood, a podcast about a thing you've loved your whole life and continue to do, practice, or work at today. If you love the podcast, please visit my website, www.yourestilldoingthat.com, and leave a tip. You can also get caught up on all the past episodes and answer fun questions and polls, or even make a suggestion about a future guest. I'm sure your friends and family will love to get nominated to be on the podcast. Remember, www.yourestilldoingthat.com is the only podcast website to check out. Uh, with us today, we have the wonderful and fabulous Ermi. Welcome to the show, Ermi.
1: Hi, how are you? <laughs> oh, we're
0: doing great. Um, so let me uh, make sure I got all your accolades straight. Ermi is, been quite, uh, has been quite a lot of things she's been doing as an adult, and she's got a lot of fabulous things uh, accredited to her. Uh, She's a published author. She is uh, an activist for women's rights. Uh, She's a teacher uh, teaching English and Italian languages to people that would like to improve their speech personally and professionally. And I think probably the biggest hat you get to wear is you are a CFA,
1: that's true. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, yeah, all of those um, by themselves are extraordinary, but to put them all on top of each other is quite outstanding. Uh, so, um, all of those things that you're so wonderfully good at, they're all tied together with one single thing you've been doing for quite a long time. And what is the uh, what is that one thing we're going to talk about today, Ermi?
1: For me, it has been uh, learning and studying. So that's something that I've been doing since a kid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would bet so. Uh, So let's get into it. Uh, Ermi, uh, where were you born?
1: I was born in uh, Italy.
0: Excellent. That is one of my bucket list countries to visit at some point in my life. Uh, My wife is a big fan. She's been learning French and so she does want to go to France. So I figured if we get to go to France, we'll slide over and get to Italy too. Uh, so, uh, being, uh, being big into learning and studying, what were your, uh, studies like in school growing up?
1: There was, I, I can definitely tell you one of the, probably the major memory that I have from my childhood is that I used to study a lot, like a lot. I bet um, so. A, like, uh, really a lot, especially when I was in high school and afterwards, uh, I would I would just, the, every single afternoon, I would study from three until midnight. I would do the same thing on the weekend, and that's what I would do, and I always enjoyed doing every bit of it, very much.
0: Now, was that in Italy?
1: That was in Italy, yes.
0: Italy, yeah, because I wasn't sure how long you stayed in Italy. Um, now, were your did your parents, were they big advocates to push you to study, or... Was that something you just did, kind of naturally?
1: So of course, I, I feel like like every parent they always wanted like their kids to do well in school, but they never like push me to you know you have to keep studying. It was just me. It was natural. Right, it's right. just me taking that uh, decision. So I I would like say no if I if there was an event or something, I would actually say no, I cannot go because I want to study. And so this was really something that I genuinely wanted to do. Like no one told me do that.
0: Right. Well, that's good. I was, I was hoping I wasn't going to hear the opposite about how your parents were locking you in your room to study the whole time. <laughs> no, no. Uh, did you? Uh, what were your favorite subjects growing up?
1: I very much enjoy studying uh, languages because so, yeah. we like I said I very much enjoyed learning English English literature business and beast like business in English we did the same thing with French we did the same thing with um, German so I very much enjoyed those those particular subjects I also enjoyed doing math but I I don't think I ever realized that I enjoyed doing maths until I went to finance <laughs> because right. um, like I remember, like I would get good grades in math. I would enjoy doing math, but I w- I never went out and said and said, "Oh, math is my favorite subject."
0: Um. So uh, so um, so do you speak? Uh, so were you you were born in Italy? But um, what is your uh like parents' heritage?
1: It's Bengali, so they are Bengali. from Bangladesh.
0: Yeah. So do you speak Bengali?
1: I do. I do.
0: Wonderful. So how uh how did knowing an extra language when you were growing up, when you were younger, how did that affect your studies, being able to to speak multiple languages?
1: So we would just speak Bengali at home and we spoke yeah. it like we pre we always do we always spoke Bengali, but I never felt like I was able to express myself properly the same way that I was doing when I was speaking in Italian. Gotcha. So yes, Bengali was my mother tongue, but I always say Italian was my adopted mother tongue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So, um, how many language languages do you would you say that you are kind of <laughs> able to, uh-huh. to, you know, just stay up with somebody with?
1: Four point five. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. Four
0: point five. <laughs> What's the point
1: .5? Spanish.
0: Spanish yes well oh me being here in the United States that's probably the number one second language we everybody learns here and is what's taught and at least where they try to teach in school but America's terrible with trying to teach languages to other people We're awful at it I wish we would take notes from uh, some of our European friends and how they handle uh, languages in school um so uh Do you think it helped? Do you think knowing multiple languages? Do you think it helped with your studies any more than say if you were just an Italian speaker?
1: Uh I think knowing multiple languages, it helped me when it when it came to learn other languages. Like the fact that I learned French, the fact that I learned Spanish, I think it helped me because they are so similar. So I was able to you know, use some of the rules in other languages, so it it right. helped, Like it helps to speed up the learning. So that you could find
0: some of the other patterns. Yeah, and click them together. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, so, um, what are some good tips and strategies to create a good study habit?
1: I definitely think you need discipline.
0: Yeah, it's, oh, just, I, it, it's I called agree.
1: self-discipline it's called self discipline and you need that no matter how many distractions you have no matter how many people tell you to to do things go out you have to find a way to say no and to right. dedicate your time towards um, studying so definitely you need self discipline and i think you need a lot of consistency with that yes
0: Def- that is also something i think our european friends are better at <laughs> self-discipline and saying no and putting a priority in front of us yeah. you are so true uh, when you are researching a new topic what's one of the study habits that you kind of tend to repeat when you're when you need to learn something new either for work or or uh personally what's something that you always kind of go to
1: is in uh um, the resource or is, is it more like a a habit that i
0: have yeah like a habit or a strategy that you always oh, find yourself doing a revision say that Revi- again revision oh revision yes and going over it, it over and over yeah yeah that rote practice learning model that's that's um that's never gonna die that helps every single time
1: yeah
0: now you are a cfa which is a uh Uh, I had to look up exactly what a CFA was because finances is nowhere near my table. (laughs) uh, Is it a chartered financial assistant? Did I get that right? No.
1: Chartered financial analyst. analyst.
0: There it is. Chartered financial analyst. There you go. I found it where I wrote it down. Now, that is major, major, big time when Mm -hmm. I was researching that. Um, It's considered kind of one of the, the biggest, much harder than being a lawyer, the bar exam really it was it was yes it was considered pretty high up there when i was uh yeah when i when i was at google they were listing what was the hardest uh exams to pass and the cfa was up there as like the number one hardest thing to pass off
1: no way okay i learned something new now
0: (laughs) it was yeah way higher than uh passing the bar to become a lawyer um so uh what were some of the um uh, what were some of the things you had to really buckle down and do to um, learn all of the uh, things to pass off that exam
1: it was a lot of sacrifice I can tell you that's so <laughs> it I was bet a so. Lot of, uh, it was a lot of sacrifice it was a lot of uh, self-discipline revision practicing and um I it took me a, a while just because of the pandemic we I we, they had to push the exam twice yeah. and so I couldn't do it so it was it was a lot of mental exhaustion at some point but All I right. told myself like I was like I see other people being able to achieve it and it was my own self achievement and so I, kept, I told myself, like, I have to remember my why. Why did I start with this? Yeah. Where, what do I want to achieve with this? So there was a lot of like inner work and mental work that I was doing to build that resilience and strength in me so that I could pass the exam. So I put like all my soul into this exam
0: Yes, because
1: I also wanted to set an exam for other women in the industry who wanted to achieve such a difficult uh, designation.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, uh, for my listeners, can you tell us what does a CFA do? What is what are some of the things you w- you would do in the workplace?
1: So, when you get this uh, designation, uh, usually you do it because you want to work in portfolio management. And so it's uh, something that you need because you need that type of knowledge and expertise to work as a portfolio manager or as a financial advisor to manage the money of your clients. So there is, of course, a quantitative aspect which comes with... uh, you know, calculating the performance, the risk, and so forth. And then there is a qualitative aspect to it, right? And the CFA teaches you a lot about how do you deal with clients? How do you explain things with clients? How do you explain, like, complex financial concepts and and make, Make them much more simpler for your clients who have no clue about money. Right. So that's one thing that it definitely helps you. Like this is one thing that you need if you want to work as a portfolio manager. And of course, there there are other things that you can use the designation for. For instance, if you just want to be like an equity um, analyst or a research analyst, again, you need that because uh, what the CFA teaches you is uh, how you can pick the stocks like how do we analyze the stocks that we want to yes. use to build a portfolio how are they going to be performing in a couple of years what is, what's the risk are they good for these people are they good for like certain other people like um so there is that there is a lot of like analytical element when it comes to yeah. um with the with the cfa so this is also another path that you can take is you can become a research uh, analyst
0: Got you. So if someone wants to become a CFA, uh, what type of college coursework would they be going through if that's something they want to achieve? Uh,
1: There is no college. It's a do-it-yourself. It's (laughs) do-it-yourself. Basically how it works, uh, there is an institute called the CFA Institute and you have to sign up to the exam through them. And right. you basically, upon signing up, you receive all the materials and you ju- you have to study on your own. There is They don't offer courses. You can buy additional courses, but it's gotcha. not in a classroom setting. It's not happening that way. It's just you on your own studying, and which is why I think it makes it difficult because you don't have that one-to-one interaction, but you have to find right. online resources like forums or find videos online that, teach or explain that concept. So that's why I think it's hard because it's a do it yourself. There is no an actual course. So like there's no actual physical environment for you to attend a class or you know take
0: a course. Right. Got you. Well, that does make it difficult to do all that on your own. Well, kudos to you for getting all that done. Now, are there different levels of being a CFA or is it just one designation?
1: No, it's one designation. There is no partial uh, recognition. Uh, you have to finish all the levels and complete all the requirements, and only after that, then you can add those three little, those three letters next to your name. Right. Before That's... that, you're not putting anything. It's actually a violation.
0: Got you. That's a lot of work for three little letters after <laughs> your name. <laughs> uh, so you're also an author. And you wrote the book, Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interracial Struggle. Now, what kind of studying and research did you have to do uh, beforehand to be able to write a novel? Or not really a novel, but a self-help book.
1: So it's actually my memoir. Because I talk about myself. But uh, my research was more about how do I write a book? Because I had zero clue. So I had a friend and I spoke to him and I said, how do I I write a book? Where do I start from? So he suggested me another book called how to write a book in 30 days. So I read that book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Write a book, you got to read a book. I love it.
1: (laughs) So I read that book. And then after reading the book, I was like, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to start writing anything that comes to my mind. So every day I would like, block 30 minutes an hour and i would just start typing i would just start typing yeah. and only after i basically like uh, re-looked at it i worked on it i like had the chapters and then i had to find the summer on um, like a freelancer to help me to basically like edit, edit. it have a nice yeah, yeah. cover and then i self-publish it but it did take me like like to write it it took me 30 days
0: you're right. Well, you did. You stuck to the game plan. Yeah. And did it in 30 days. I love it. Well, that's a lot of self discipline there, to uh, get that time straightened out for you. Uh, you're also an uh, uh, activist for women's rights, um, and uh, for women in, in professional settings. And one thing I saw when I was reading some of your bio that sparked my interest is you are active against fighting against a practice. And I'm going to call it of an arranged marriage, which still happens in many countries, which I don't know if I was quite aware of or I just sort of blocked it out of my head that that was something old that didn't happen anymore. So uh, it's but, not
1: arranged marriage. I'm going to correct you there. It's, okay, go ahead. It's called child marriage, which is different. There are oh, that two sounds different even things. worse. There are two different things. I'm not against yeah. arranged marriages. I think arranged marriages work pretty fine. I have a lot of relatives who got married through that. I'm against child marriage, which I, which I think is much, much, much worse.
0: Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where does a practice like that still continue?
1: It continues in many countries, like in Africa. Uh, it happens yep. and also a lot in Asia. Um, but there is an organization that I I volunteer for called the speak up for the poor and basically the organization is based in bangladesh and they do fight child marriages so what they do is that they provide an education to this young woman and they teach them to be independent right and they try to get them out of this uh, child marriage system because that The problem is that in certain countries, like in Bangladesh, but it also happens in other countries, is that when, you know, the girl reaches a certain age, and I'm talking like less than 18, they do tend to be given away in marriage because they're seen as a burden, like a financial burden for the family, especially like a poor family. You just give the girls away into marriages. So the organization tries to fight this by providing education, by providing, you know, like... um, Mentorship by t- training them, uh, making sure that they're independent financially, independent so that they can sustain themselves.
0: Well, that's a great organization. Yeah, yeah, and that's a and good that you take time to stand out and <laughs> speak about that too. Uh, you also are a teacher of English and Italian languages. So, how does your preparation go? that when you're going to teach a class what is your what is your studying and prep like
1: i do very much enjoy that you said i'm a teacher but i'm going to lower myself i'm actually a tutor not i'm not i wish i was a teacher but it was always my dream Uh, but i would say more i'm more like a tutor i do this more uh for fun Uh, but usually uh yeah i do tutor in um in english and in uh, italian because i feel like i have so much knowledge and i wanna do want to give it back in some ways, and usually the preparation, it really depends, I usually try to um, come up with either like articles, or I do have some videos that I send, or some podcasts, and I gotcha. do usually choose the topic based on the interest of the students, So at least I know that it's going to keep, it's going to make the lesson a bit more interactive, dynamic, and engaging. And I usually, because they're just conversation for someone who wants to just practice the language, I just make them talk as much as they can. And then I just right. correct um, minor things as they're speaking. So usually like, I keep it very like simple, but fun at the same time.
0: Yeah, well, if you ever start French, let me know because my (laughs) wife has gotten quite good at French, but she needs to start talking to somebody (laughs) in French, and she's very nervous to speak to somebody else. Um, So, uh, so now I'm going to ask you some fun questions. Uh, How? Let's see. So, we already talked about how many languages you speak—four (laughs) point five. What is? What do you think is the longest amount of time you've studied in one sitting?
1: Twelve hours. (laughs)
0: <laughs> 12 hours, man. I don't know if I've done anything other than sleep for 12 hours straight. Um, uh, what's your favorite place to study at?
1: In my room, like the place where I um, where I work usually.
0: Right. Um, uh, do you have a favorite kind of food or snack while you study?
1: A lot of coffee. Coffee, of yes. Coffee.
0: That's what I use for like morning. I do lots of my work in the morning. Uh-huh. And uh, I, like a, I like a tall espresso I always make when I get started in the morning. Um, are you someone that likes silence when you study, or do you like music playing?
1: Silence.
0: Silence. Yeah, I think it depends on what I'm doing, if I have something playing. But uh, normally, if it's something that I got to really think about, silence is best. Yeah, I think so.
1: It's silence, but if I... Absolutely, want to block everything around me. I put a video of um, of like raining, like if it's raining outside. Like I yeah. like to hear the sound of the rain.
0: Right, right, right. Long. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. A lot of people love to do that. Um, if you had no, if you had a week of no responsibilities, uh, what is something you would like to dedicate your time to learn? What would you study if you didn't have any responsibilities?
1: I would definitely uh, l- learn continue learning Spanish, watch a lot of documentaries, and read a lot of books.
0: You're right. I love it. All right, uh, Ermi, we've gotten to the end of our podcast here. So I got six questions I always ask everybody right at the end. And it's always interesting to see people's answers and if they differ. All right. uh, First one, uh, what's your favorite smell?
1: favorite smell? Uh I know. This uh, the smell of the of the ocean.
0: Oh, that's a great one. Uh what's your favorite sandwich? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even eat sandwiches. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Well, let me. What about your favorite kind of salad?
1: Okay, I I like my salad. Okay, I'm going to tell you how I make it because it's the Italian way of making it. So I like uh, my mozzarella, tomato, cucumber salad, and then I put uh, black pepper, salt, and olive oil. Like I just like it that simple.
0: Right. Oh, that's good. I like it basic. What's your favorite kind of drink? Coffee? Coffee, yes. And I'm going to ask you this one uh, because... I saw it in your biography. What is your favorite kind of pasta?
1: Al pesto, pasta al pesto. <laughs> pesto, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that
0: one's great too. Um, what's the one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen?
1: One of the most beautiful thing I ever seen. You know what? I um. It's when I went to, in Mexico, and it also happened when I went to Dominican Republic. And when you see the the beauty of the ocean in the morning, that's, Mm. I think that's really like breathtaking. That's, that's a very calm moment.
0: Yeah, I got, my son and I got to watch the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico, and I'd never seen the sunset over the water before. And I imagine that was just as pretty as maybe seeing a sunrise over the water, too. Um, What's one thing that makes you happy every single time it happens?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know what? It's uh, when you receive or someone does something nice unexpectedly.
0: Oh, that is a great one. I love it. Uh, what kind of advice would you give yourself as a kid? If you could send one little bit of advice back to your younger self.
1: Don't, um, don't, don't be afraid.
0: Don't be afraid. That's great. I know a lot of people like to say, don't worry. Everything will just everything will work out. So don't be afraid. All right, Ermi, it was great to have you on the show. Um, it's been really great uh, getting to know you. Uh, You can catch her on Instagram or YouTube. She's got a lot of videos on how YouTube can become a CFA. She's got lots of great videos on YouTube. You can find her book uh, just to play out. Most places they sell books, uh, Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interracial Struggle. You can find it anywhere. So go get your copy now. Uh, Ermi, it was a pleasure to get to know you and I wish you all the greatest success. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, remember folks, find what makes you happy and get to it. There's a lot of life out to live, a lot of life out there to live. So make it a good one. Be nice, be kind, be good. make sure you study and have a good week.